0: or avoid her baggage but think about it i mean baggage it's we get it from other people the things that they do to us or say to us and if we carry those memories around in essence we carry baggage we begin collecting baggage when we're just little kids
1: there you are. Hey hey, hey. 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 Hi. Hey. Hey, I need to talk to you. Yeah, why? Well, um, we were talking about building the, the treehouse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love treehouses. Yeah, it's just a thing. Um, see, you can't help us build the treehouse. Why? Well, you don't really want me to tell you. Yeah, I do. Okay, well, we were talking, uh-huh. um, um, the gang, we were talking, and, yeah. um, well, you're too fat. What? You'll weigh down the treehouse. I'm not fat. Yes.
0: No, no, yes. I'm not. No, no, uh, mommy just says I'm big bone.
1: Dinosaurs are big bones. You're fat.
0: No, no, no. Mommy says I'm chunky.
1: <laughs> Peanut butter's chunky. You're fat.
0: No, no, no. no. M- mommy says that I've lost weight.
1: I think you found it.
0: No, no, no. Mommy says I'm just different.
1: <laughs> Your mommy says you're just different?
0: Yeah, I'm just different.
1: <laughs> go back to where you came from. I gotta go.
0: Bye. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's one of the biggest lies we teach children. Words hurt, they cut deep. And if we carry around the words of other people, essentially what we do is, we're collecting baggage. See, we can't can't find our self-worth based on what other people think of us. We have to find our self-worth based on Christ and our relationship with Him. But it doesn't seem to be that easy. And as life goes on and we get older, we just tend to collect more baggage. Sometimes we pick up baggage from people who are very close to us, like a best friend.
1: No, I, I know. I know, Shelley, I know. It's like we talked for three hours and it seemed like five minutes. I know. I know. I know. It's like we have this amazing connection, this chemistry. Okay, I'm just going to say this, Shelly. I've never said this to anyone in a really long time. Um, but I, Shelley, I feel like you're, you're my density. I really, really do. Uh, no, uh, you're right. You're my, you're my destiny. That's what I meant. You're my destiny, right? I'm just so <laughs> Okay, he's right here. I gotta go. Okay, bye.
0: Hey buddy, what's up? How much Who are
1: you talking to? Um, um, talking to my mom. Your mom's your destiny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she gave birth to me and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Kudos.
0: Really? Yeah. Cause it sounds like you said Shelly.
1: Yeah, um, that's her, that's her name.
0: I thought your mom's name was Kelly. That's her middle name. Your mom's name's Kelly Shelley.
1: Yeah, yeah, and she was picked on a lot when she was a kid. So I just really try to encourage her all the time and tell her that I love her. What's wrong with that? Okay, I mean, okay, great well, whatever, do.
0: whatever. Did you talk to my Shelley?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, and she's not, she's not going to be your Shelley. What? Look, we just started talking, and we just, we just kind of hit it off. I mean, it just happened. What? I mean, we had this great. Chemistry, it just.
0: No, 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 no. You were supposed to call her for me. I did. I started out doing that. I
1: did. You no. gotta believe me. You're
0: supposed to be my best friend. I, I am. Don't don't let a girl come between us, okay? This is not a big be- You did this. Look, man. You know I've liked her since we were in kindergarten, and you were supposed to talk to her
1: for me. Yes, but but I've been your best friend since kindergarten, and we've always said growing up, best friends forever, right?
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? Forever just got a lot shorter. Don't
1: do this. Don't do this. It's you did this.
0: You're supposed to be my best friend. And our friends, they're just trying to get through life the same way we are. And sometimes they're going to make poor choices. And we can either learn to forgive them or we can pick up more baggage. You know, the truth about baggage is we don't need other people to load it on us. We do a pretty good job of dumping baggage on ourselves when we compare ourselves to others. We think things like, ah, oh, if I could be as popular as they are, if I could be as gifted and talented as they are, but I'm not, I'm a loser, I'm no good. And when we think that, we pick up more baggage. Or we find ourselves thinking, "They have it made. And why is life so easy for them and so hard for me? I'm never gonna make it. And when we buy into that lie, more baggage. And sometimes sometimes we pick up baggage from people who love us dearly. They just don't realize that their words cut like a knife. Son. Hey Dad.
1: What happened out there?
0: Uh, um, the ball slipped. The the lights got in my eyes. It was.
1: The lights got in your eyes. Yeah. You know that's what cost us the game, don't you? Yeah. The ball slipped. How many times have I gotten up in the morning before 5 a.m. before I go to work to work on the stuff with you, huh? There were scouts out there. You realize that? Dad, the ball slipped. The ball slipped. It did. I mean, what what do you want? Hey, coach. Huh? No. Butterfingers, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna work with them. Uh huh. All right. See you later. Are you crying? Nope. Well, don't. Pull it together. People are watching. I want you to grab your stuff. I'm gonna go to the car and I'll meet you there, all right? Dad, I'm just disappointed in you, all right? These were our dreams, right? Grab your
2: stuff.
0: And our parents, they don't mean to hurt us. It's just they've got their own baggage. And when you don't deal with baggage, you pass it on. And for us, we have to learn to find our self worth only in our relationship with Christ. And if we don't, we pick up more baggage. It gets uncomfortable, tedious, and our natural tendency is to want to dump this baggage onto someone else, but it always backfires. Hey, can I ask you a question? What are you doing in my room? I just need to ask
1: you a question. What? Can can you give me and my friends a ride to school? It's cold and I don't want to ride my bike. (laughs) What? (laughs) Are you really asking that? Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. Just give me a ride and some of my friends' school.
0: You need to understand something. Just because you and your loser friends are in high school now doesn't mean I'm going to give you a ride, okay? Because look at me. You need to understand that when people look at you, they see a freak, all right? And if they know that I'm related to you, if they know we're brothers, they're going to think I'm a freak too, okay? And I'm not okay with that. So here's the deal. I don't care how you get there. I don't care if you have to walk or crawl or whatever. But I'm not going to be a chauffeur for you and your loser friends, okay?
1: It's not my fault that Dad left. Why do you keep taking out on me? Whatever. No, you know I'm right.
0: Okay, I'm sorry.
1: You're not sorry. you're only sorry that I'm calling you out. I'll just ride my bike.
0: I said I was sorry I'll ride my bike. Come on. and in the process of trying to dump our baggage on someone else, inevitably what happens is, we pick up more baggage. And then there's that one. My sin. My secret sin. It's, um, it's cool. I mean, uh, I've got it under control. Who am I kidding? What's the time it has control of me. And this is the way I live. And yet, I hear the words of Christ who says, I've come that you may have life and may have it abundantly. I don't know about you, but th- this doesn't really feel like abundant life to me. I, I-, I can't walk straight. I-, I can barely keep my balance. then and then I remember his words because Christ also said come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest that's what I want that's what I want so I go to God God please if you're willing would you take this baggage from me because God, I'm miserable and I can't live this way anymore. Please take it. And you know what? He takes it
2: takes. Good morning. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. We just heard it. Uh, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. What an incredible opportunity he presents us, doesn't he? You know, some of us have been sitting in church pews or church seats for years. Uh, for some of you, this might be your first time uh, in, in a room in, inside of a church building, worshiping God on a Sunday morning. For all of us, this invitation is available in Matthew 11:28 as Jesus has come to me and you'll find rest." Although we all share this opportunity, for some reason, I believe, like myself, many of us as Christians, uh, we continue to struggle uh, with this, don't we, this, this, this finding of rest. You know, there's a freedom that's found in Christ. And yet, sometimes I find myself being more defined uh, by my baggage, by the things i 've experienced in life, by the words that have cut me down um, by the image that i I have of myself, by all the experiences um, by my sin i 'd find myself more defined by all of these this heavy burden that i 'm carrying around for some reason rather than feeling this free uh, this freedom in Christ, this rest and this peace. Um, there's a reason I believe for this. And that's, that's the reason for that, I believe, is that as Jesus says, come to me and you'll find rest, there's something that has to take place there. Uh, and that thing that has to take place is surrender. And the reason I believe I continue to struggle in my life to find rest in Jesus the reason that i continue to to struggle and have freedom in christ is because surrender is necessary and surrender isn't always easy um there's a, a lot in, in regards to surrender Um, you know, it's, it's, that video did a great job of describing to us, didn't it? Just how, how we kind of pick up things, how we hold on to things throughout life and that impacts and affects who we are and how we live our life and the decisions we make. Um, it looked pretty easy, didn't it? You know, we've been given this opportunity. Why wouldn't we all take it, right? You know, I've titled my sermon this morning, Hand It Over. So there you go. I'm done. Just hand it over. All right. Is that good? You guys all content? (laughs) Um, You know, there has to be part of us that just wonders, and and as we struggle with this and we find ourselves actually feeling burdened with life as we're living in Christ even, what's going on? Where's this freedom? Where's this rest that I I once experienced that's promised to me in Christ, and how do I experience this? I want to review. This is review for many of us. This might be new for some of us, um, but I find it important for myself to continue reviewing this just... Just the subject of surrender. What does it look like? How does it live live itself out in my life? And so I'm going to go over just six key aspects of surrender this morning as briefly as possible as a reminder for us to continually surrender to Christ. And so this morning, let's look at Luke 9, uh, verses 23 to 25. In Luke 9, Jesus is is talking to his followers and some some, uh, people standing nearby. He says to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? And so as Jesus says, come to me and you'll find rest, but if you come to me and you want to be my disciple, surrender is necessary. And the the key in this passage I want to, to kind of draw out of this is is just the whole aspect of daily surrender. And and Jesus' call to surrender ourselves daily. Uh, There's a way in which, as I became a Christian, you know, for many of us in this room this morning, at one point in time, we surrendered in baptism, didn't we? We surrendered our lives to Christ, we gave our lives to God. Yet somehow, years down the road, down this path that we walk, we find ourselves struggling again with surrender Is my life even is my life still surrendered and so there's there's a daily aspect to surrender and i think that's something very simple and you might say of course but yet i know that that it's it's daily surrender that i need to to continually address and to focus on in my life yet days pass day after day after day after day and am i considering is my life fully surrendered to christ today do i wake up and do i live my life each day um trying to surrender my life more to to God. I don't. I fail miserably and go many days without this. It's a daily thing. Um, Scripture. Kelly preached about this last week. I won't say very much about it, but I agree with what Kelly shared with us last week. And he was basically sharing with us just kind of his concern for the church right now. Um, not, Not necessarily ours, but ours included, but just the church in general right now in the world and kind of the culture of losing touch with the importance of Scripture and kind of even, you know, how Christian life seems to be, many Christian lives seem to be not emphasizing the importance of Scripture and struggling to really have uh, Scripture be important in their life. I believe that surrender involves passion for Scripture. That's a challenging statement if you consider that. I believe that that they're one and the same. one doesn't exist without the other. If I just consider whether or not i 'm surrendered to christ, how can i how can I not have a passion for scripture? Scripture is where christ exists that 's where I learn of his teachings that you know if, if my wi- if my will is to have god 's will to have god 's path uh, laid out before me there there's a sense in which scripture is it has to be important to me. I have to be passionate about Scripture. And, you know, I grew up in church, and it was very easy for me as I grew up in church to to kind of, you know, especially as a young child and into my junior high years, to begin thinking of reading Scripture as a command from God, as something that I had to do. And as I created my kind of list of things I have to do to be a Christian, Scripture became a, became a burden to me. And Scripture just became something... God just wanted me to do. Uh, he wanted me to read Scripture. Um, as strange as it sounds, uh, you know, I'd argue this morning that God doesn't want us to simply read Scripture for the sake of Scripture. God desires our hearts, He desires our lives surrendered to Him. And if we are to surrender our lives to Him, how can we do that? I don't think it can happen apart from Scripture. And if we draw that connection, it becomes far easier to make Scripture part of our daily lives and have our lives actually sh- shaped by Scripture. And so daily, our lives need to be shaped by Scripture. Prayer is another important aspect of surrender that I struggle with. There's a few, a few years ago, it was about two years ago now, uh, at one point in my life, this thought just randomly popped into my head as I was at a point where I was just struggling with prayer and being in prayer um, on a regular basis. The thought popped into my head, is, the, is a Christian life that's void of prayer even a Christian life? And what led me to that, obviously, is, is just a very simple, and it should be an obvious fact to us, right? If my heart is surrendered to Christ, my heart or my life is poured out in prayer. I don't believe it's possible for, for one to have a relationship with God, to live out the will of God in their life, to, to surrender their actual life to God and have God lead them, apart from a life that's poured out in prayer. This instrument that we have to have communication with God, to seek His will, to actually, in a literal way, pour our heart out before Him. Yet, at times, for some reason in my life, my life is void of prayer. I believe that our hearts must be directed in prayer. And if our lives truly are surrendered to Christ, then daily, we're pouring ourselves out in prayer. And choices... Um, how many hundreds of choices do we make each day? I believe that surrender involves every choice that we make uh, in life. You know, we all wake up in the morning. Um, we have to decide what we're going to wear. For some of us, we take more time than others. Um, you know, we decide what we're going to eat for breakfast. What route are we going to drive as we go to work today? How am I going to respond to my boss, who I dislike, is what I have to struggle with each each day. Um, not really. <laughs> uh, you know, there's just so many choices. As you're driving home and you experience somebody cutting you off, you have a choice of how you're going to respond to that person. When you come home and you're exhausted and your children run up to you and they want to play and all you want to do is be quiet and be by yourself and rest, you have a choice to make. What am I going to do? You know, when you're in an argument with your spouse, when somebody actually who you dislike want to spend time with you, you have a choice that you can make. Um, there's a lot of simple choices. There's a lot of difficult choices we have to make each day. I believe that being surrendered to Christ involves every choice that we make. i just ask you a few questions. These are questions that kind of, they move through my mind as I consider, am I surrendered to Christ? How often do I ask myself what God's desire is while making my choices? How and how would my life look different if, if when I was making each choice, it was—it's not like a big—I'm not—I'm going to sit here and meditate for, for an hour upon each choice, but just a simple thought and just having our choices shaped by what God's will is for our lives. I believe our lives would look much different and our lives would be more fully surrendered to God if we, if we did that. Um, sin. I'm moving too fast. This is a big one. And you might wonder why I'd even talk about sin in regard to surrender. You know, it's easy to think, man, I struggle with surrender because I have all these things that I don't want to give up in life. I'd argue this morning that for a lot of Christians, I, I've had a lot of conversations with, with a lot of you. I know that I've experienced this, and I continually struggle with this at different times in my life, but I struggle to actually give up my sin to God, to actually hand it over, and to to not let my sin define who I am, but to let Christ and his grace define who I am. I'll explain that just a little bit further. Um, I believe we have one of two responses as we sin in life. When we're faced with a situation where we're aware that what we've just done is not, uh, it's not God-honoring, it's, it's distasteful. And what I've, just, what I've just done is wrong. You know, when we're faced and we're aware of this and, and we're faced with the ugliness of that, we have one of two responses. I believe that this is what I've done. I've, I've either responded and gone down the path of guilt or down the path toward freedom. And the path toward guilt, what that looks like um, is, is as, you, as you look at yourself... As you look at this sin that you've... How many times when, when you've experienced sin in your life, when you've become aware, this is wrong, I have the sin in my life, how many times do you respond kind of with this response? Oh, how could I do that? I'm so terrible. There's no way God... There's, how many times have you thought, there's no way God could love me? There's no way God's grace could cover that. I'm a failure. How many times do those thoughts go through your mind as as you sin and... As we're faced with sin, we can go down that path towards actually picking up more baggage. And as we live the Christian life, somehow we end up just feeling kind of heavy burdened as opposed to finding rest in Christ. Uh, I believe it's really easy to go down that path. The other path is the path toward freedom, the path that propels us further in our faith. And this is what has changed my whole Christian life and my whole perspective on on surrendering myself, surrendering my sin to Christ and accepting His grace daily as I interact with God in the world, as I fail and I make mistakes and I sin, and as I'm faced with the ugliness and the disgusting nature of some of the things that I live out, the decisions that I make, the choices that I make, the terrible comments at different times I've made to my wife. Incredibly rude and selfish, failures. And it's just ugly and disgusting in a very literal way. It just is. I make terrible choices. I do wrong things. And as I look at that, and then I consider the words of scripture that that I'm forgiven, that God's grace covers it all, that I'm free from that. How can I not love God more deeply? How can I not be filled with joy How can that not propel me further in my faith? When I experience sin in my life now, I very intentionally avoid the road of guilt, of of feeling like I'm a failure, I'm terrible at this, I'm never going to succeed for God. And I look upwards toward God, and I accept His grace, and I am overwhelmed with the power of it and the incredible love that God has for all of us. I believe that fully surrendering our sin... And handing that over to God, it involves a path towards freedom. Our sin should actually propel us further in our faith. And lastly, I'd just like to talk about our image for just a moment. I want to ask you a quick question. How would you describe yourself? If just if I were to ask you, Mike, this morning, you don't have to do it for us, but... For any of you, if I just asked you this morning, how would you describe yourself? Like, where would you start? Would you start with some physical characteristics? Would you start with maybe your personality? Um, you know, would you start with your job, your family? How would you describe yourself? And then secondly, how would your description include more about how others see you or how God sees you? I believe surrender involves a biblical mirror. And as if I were to stand before you guys this morning and I was to describe for you who I am, I experienced when I was in elementary school growing up certain kids in my school that said certain things to me, and those things are still here. <laughs> and I still struggle all of the time, quite often on a weekly basis even, to forget about those things they said to me and to, to convince myself that's not true of me. I am not skinny and gangly. Well, I am, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> if I were to describe myself to you this morning, you know what I'd say? If I was to be completely honest and to not hold anything back and to not lie to you, you know what I would describe what the, the battle within me of how I look, what my image is? My legs are way too long for my, my body. I don't know how I can hold my body up with how skinny my ankles are. And that's why I don't wear shorts to church. Um. <laughs> That's the decision when I, when I put stuff on in the morning. Like, well, I've got to cover those up. But, you know, sometimes I look at myself and I wonder, why does my beard have to be orange? My hair is brown. That doesn't even make sense. It's just strange, you know? Um, I've, you know, stupid things like, I wish my ears were smaller. I wish I didn't have this stupid mark on my face. Why is it there and why won't it go away? The reason I share all that with you fairly blunt and and honestly this morning is because I believe all of you struggle with the exact same small, minute things each day. Um, When I say surrender involves a biblical mirror, what I mean by that is I think surrendering to God means surrendering how we view ourselves in, in that we let Scripture, we let the Bible, we let what God thinks of us shape our image and what we think of ourselves. I could describe for you, myself, as I just did, the things that I battle each day. Or I could describe for you what uh, Paul describes in Ephesians 2 when he says that we're God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Paul shares with us that we're raised up with Christ, that we're seated in the heavenly realms with Christ. As we read in the Psalms, God actually knows every, he he, he actually knows every single hair, he can count every hair on my head. He knew me before I took my first breath when I was still in my mother's womb. And as I read this redemptive story in scripture, we open our Bibles and it's this incredible, powerful story of this God who actually looks down upon me. And he looks down upon all of you and he says, you're my creation, I love you, you are good and I want you. I Want you? I choose you. I want relationship with you. His whole desire, this whole story, is, an, is a story of a, a creator who looks at you and he sees you as the most beautiful thing that he's created. And he has plans for you. He has a will for you. He has desires for you, and he wants to actually have relationship with you. He has a love that you can't. I can't. I can't describe it to you. It's so powerful. It's overwhelming, it's indescribable, and he has this love for you. That's who we are. And so I continue, and I challenge you actually this morning, because we all do it, right? We all look in the mirror, hopefully, before we leave our house. I say hopefully, that's actually, maybe we don't need to do that actually anymore. But we all do. We all look in the mirror before we leave the house. Some of us are right when we wake up, because we don't even want to face our spouse. <laughs> um, but I just challenge you as you, you do this tomorrow, you're going to do it the next day and the next day and the next day. You're going to do it for the following three or four weeks and the following three or four months and three or four years until the, for the rest of your life you're going to look in the mirror. I challenge you to just ask yourself this question when you look in the mirror from now on. It's just to ask yourself the question, who am I and whose am I? And let that more and more continually shape how you view yourself. We're going to just watch a video actually, another one to to close out it will help to to bring a lot of this to light and describe this to you but before i i end this morning i just wanted to to encourage you once again you know some of you have already surrendered your life to christ some of you haven't some of you are here for the first time or have been coming to church for a while or have just been considering faith for a little while considering god and and who he is and what that means for you you have an opportunity like we heard this morning to surrender your life to Christ, to come to Jesus and to find rest. And it's actually plausible. It actually happens. And there's this peace and comfort when we surrender our image, when we let this biblical mirror um, shape how we view ourselves. Our image brings us boldness. It brings us confidence. It brings us joy. Then when we face sin in our life, as we all do, Rather than feel guilty, rather than it be wrong, it propels us further into our faith. And it propels us further in life and living life for God. As we make choices each day, they're shaped by the will of God. And as we are poured out in prayer, our hearts are directed by Him. and We'll shape our lives by Scripture as we surrender ourselves and are passionate for Scripture. Because we we must, we have to. There's no other way.